Hello, I'm John Stanford, Acting Technical Director of the International Public Sector Accounting Standards Board, the IPSAS-B. I'm here with my colleague, Technical Manager Paul Mason, to discuss some issues relating to the grant of a right to the operator model in IPSAS 32, Service Concession Arrangements Grantor. This podcast provides the views of IPSASB staff. They are not the views of the IPSASB, and this is not an authoritative pronouncement. I want to start by just saying a few words about IPSAS 32. IPSAS 32 provides requirements and guidance for accounting by the grantor for two types of service concession arrangement. Firstly, the financial liability model, and secondly, the grant of a right to the operator model. The grant of a right to the operator model is sometimes referred to as the intangible asset model, based on the operator's recognition of an intangible asset under IFRIC 12 service concession arrangements, an IESB interpretation. It's also referred to on occasions as the earned revenue model. Under the financial liability model, the grantor compensates the operator by the delivery of cash or another financial asset in exchange for the grantor's control of a service concession asset. Under the grant of a right to the operator model, the operator earns revenue from third-party users of the service concession asset or from another revenue-generating asset. Paul, IPSAS 32 specifies the conditions under which the grantor recognises a service concession asset under the grant of a right to the operator model. How should that asset be measured? Thanks, John. IPSAS 32 requires service concession assets, including those recognised under the grant of a right to the operator model, to be initially measured at fair value. Under the grant of a right to the operator model, an entity is acquiring the service concession asset in exchange for a non-monetary asset, usually the right to earn revenue from third-party users. Recognising an asset at fair value is standard practice where an asset is acquired in exchange for a non-monetary asset. And other IPSASs, such as IPSAS 17, Property Plant and Equipment, have similar requirements. While the fair value of the asset given up, i.e. that right to charge users, is sometimes used to measure cost, in a service concession arrangement, it will generally be more appropriate to determine the fair value of the asset received, that's the service concession asset. This is because the right to charge users will not have been previously recognised by the grantor, and consequently, the fair value of the service concession asset will be more clearly evident than the fair value of the right to charge users. Determining the fair value of the service concession asset will often involve the use of estimation techniques that are appropriate for that type of asset. Where there is a market for that type of asset, it will be possible to determine the fair value of the service concession asset based on market transactions for similar assets. Where there is no market for that type of asset, 
the fair value will need to be estimated on a different basis. Under the conceptual framework, the most appropriate basis for measuring or estimating the fair value of a service concession asset is likely to be replacement cost. And for a new asset, which will be the case for most service concession assets, this will be the cost of purchasing or constructing an equivalent asset. Estimating the cost of purchasing or constructing an equivalent asset may not be a simple task. Some jurisdictions have overcome this problem by requiring the operator to provide their financial models to the grantor, and this requirement is usually written into the contract. This enables the grantor to determine the fair value by reference to the operator's costs and their return on investment. Other jurisdictions use proxies. For example, the typical construction cost per square metre, or in some cases cubic metre, for similar assets, in estimating the fair value of the service concession asset. Paul, thank you for taking us through the accounting treatment for an asset. Perhaps now we could turn to the liability side. IPSAS 32 requires that where a grantor recognises a service concession asset, the grantor shall also recognise a liability. How should that liability be measured at initial recognition? This is actually relatively straightforward. IPSAS 32 requires that the liability is initially measured at the same amount as the service concession asset, adjusted by the amount of any other consideration transferred between the grantor and the operator. So in, in most cases, estimating the value of the service concession asset also gives you the value of the liability. Thank you, Paul. Could we now turn to subsequent measurement? How should that liability be subsequently accounted for? In particular, is it a requirement of IPSAS 32 that the liability be reduced and revenue recognised on a straight-line basis over the life of the arrangement? No, it is not a requirement that the liability be reduced and revenue recognised on a straight-line basis. This method is used in the illustrative examples in IPSAS 32, but only because it reflects the economic substance of that example. Under the grant of a right to the operator model, the liability represents the unearned portion of the revenue arising from the exchange of assets between the grantor and the operator. And IPSAS 32 requires the grantor to recognise revenue, and therefore reduce the liability, according to the economic substance of the service concession arrangement. The grantor's revenue is earned as the grantor allows the operator access to the service concession asset, so that they can earn revenue from third-party users. Consequently, the pattern of revenue recognition should reflect the access granted by the grantor to the operator. For example, access to the asset may remain constant over the period of the service concession arrangement, and this might suggest that revenue should also be recognised on a straight-line basis over the life of the service concession arrangement. However, if the access granted to the operator varies over the period of the service concession arrangement, it would be appropriate to recognise revenue proportionately to the access granted. Because service concession arrangements typically cover many years, it will often be appropriate to recognise revenue using discounting methods to reflect the time value of money, and in such cases the discount rate should reflect the term of the service concession arrangement. It is important to note that the grantor's revenue is not the same as the operator's revenue. 
The level of revenue generated by the operator does not generally impact the grantor's revenue. There are exceptions, for example, where there are additional mechanisms such as revenue sharing requirements incorporated into the service concession arrangement. But these are the exception, not the rule. The operator earns revenue from the users of the service and often that revenue will be variable and dependent on a number of factors. By contrast, the grantor earns revenue from the operator and that revenue is generally determined by the terms of the service concession arrangement so is relatively fixed. Sometimes the operator may provide other revenue to the grantor, such as an upfront payment or a stream of payments to the grantor for the right to use the service concession asset. An example of when such payments might arise is where the service concession asset is expected to generate more revenue than is needed to compensate the operator for constructing that asset. And in these cases, where the operator provides additional revenue for the grantor, the grantor accounts for those payments separately in accordance with IPSAS 9, which is the standard for revenue recognition from exchange contracts. Thank you, Paul. I'd like to conclude this podcast by mentioning a questions and answer document that the IPSASB staff have produced on this issue. This Q&A document is available at the IPSASB website, www.ipsasb.org. Thank you for listening to this podcast and goodbye from Paul Mason and me, John Stanford.